Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. Amen. It's good to be with you here on this Friday. Amen. And uh, before we go uh, much into this podcast today, I just want to uh, wish all of you uh, fathers a happy Father's Day. Those of you that are fathers, and you know, I got to say this. You know, I, I'm talking about those that are really, you know, you're you're a dad. You're a real dad. Uh, you know, anybody can be a father. I, I've read some stories that just kind of almost curl your hair about some uh, things about some. They, they fathering children here, there, and yonder, and everywhere, but they ain't much of a daddy. And, you know, uh, a dad is something different than just being a father. You know, it takes... Uh, a special person to be a real dad, somebody that's got their mind made up that they're going to take care of their children, that they're going to love them, and they're going to be a good example, not a rotten, lousy example, but a good example. And so uh, our hats are off to you. We take them off to you in honor to all of you that are truly um, going to be celebrating as uh, uh, an honor to you from your families, your children, or whoever that you're going to gather with. Um, and, and for all of you that maybe you a daddy and you're just, uh, you know, for whatever reason, one thing led to another. Maybe you're just alone uh, and you ain't got uh, anybody to celebrate it with, but you, uh, you know, for whatever reason. You know, there's uh, some fathers out there that have lost their children and uh, just different types of situations going on. And we want to give a shout out to you too and uh, just encourage you to lift your head up. God loves you. And if you know that you took care of your children, that you were a good dad, and uh, and you know more than anything, it takes a real man. It takes a real father. It takes a real daddy to teach their children about living for God. Amen. You can sit there and run your mouth all you want about all the things that you teach your children and all the things that you do for your children and all the things you provide for your children. But what are you doing as far as their spiritual growth? Do you care about that? Does that matter to you? I've actually read some stories, and it's just a really sad thing. There's some people coming up now in this generation. Say, well, I'm going to let my children choose blah, 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 blah. And then they go on this tangent about how they're not going to um, infiltrate their child's mind with any kind of religiosity, uh, as they put it, uh, because they're going to let the child uh, choose their mind of what they want to do. But, you know, the Bible says to train up your child in the way they should go. You know, that is a job that is not easy to do. Being a parent. Now, we're talking about fathers right now for the moment. Uh, uh, you know, you, there are some uh, mothers out there, single mothers, that have done a great job without fathers being on the line because they bailed out. You know, that's not much of a father. You bail out on your children. Your children need you. They need your support. They need your, uh, you know, your guidance. But maybe you just... Uh, haven't got no guidance to give to them because uh, your your own guidance inside your soul is just thrown in the trash because you just let yourself go. But I would say to any of you, any of y'all, that you've let your life go down that road, get up, stand up, be accounted for in God. 
and allow yourself to be what you need to be. You say, well, my children probably never have nothing to do with me, neither here nor there. And listen, you could still be a mentor. You could, uh, you know, help to reclaim some of the mess you made if you've made a mess out of things. And, you know, maybe be a mentor to other children or maybe uh, grandchildren, or you know. Uh, now, we, we, you know, and we're talking about being a good example. We're talking about being uh, somebody that loves the Lord, that wants to share the goodness of God. I'm not talking about uh, people who just uh, want to, you know, try to take a position in this, uh, trying to gather up a bunch of accolades for yourself and a bunch of praise for yourself. No, you got to think about uh, those around you that are uh, young and impressionable. You know, we got all kinds of things going on right now where people uh, want to, you know, men that ought to act like men instead of dressing up like a woman. Uh, you got men running around in skirts and dresses uh, uh, that uh, aren't going to be much of an example to the uh, young, impressionable boys that are sitting there and girls that are sitting there uh, listening to them while they draped up in a skirt or a dress when they ought to be dressing like a man. Just saying. I said I was going to try not to be a bull in a china shop, but sometimes uh, things just get the better of me. And so I apologize if, uh, well, I don't apologize for what I said, but uh, I, I, I apologize that uh, I haven't got on the, uh, whatever you want to call it, podcast, or YouTube, or whatever, and said um, what needed to be said a long time ago. Because I myself, I will, I'm going to be honest. I, you know, I myself, I, I had to learn how to do those things myself, and and to be able to stand up and be counted and and turn around from the direction I was going, so that I could be a right and proper example of my, my children. And so, uh, you know, uh, get up and start somewhere. You know, do something. Uh, and uh, if if you are a father, you know. Uh, I, I know you say, well, I'm, I'm just hoping my children call me. I'm hoping they, you know, something, send me a card, do something, that kind of thing. I understand. I, I get that. I mean, you know, if you've been a good father and you put all of your energy into your children, you're hoping that you're going to get something back. I, I, I do understand that. But, you know, um, we've got to check our record. You know, where you really, you know, the father that you needed to be. Or, or were you too busy with yourself? Were you too busy with your career? Were you too busy, uh, you know, you know, you're so busy about making the dollar and that your children are just left to the side? Now, you know, sometimes it seems like it's a lost cause. I know I've, I've heard people say they just think they feel like it's a lost cause and their children have become uh, estranged to them and all that because of, of the ways that maybe that um, fatherhood was not... Um, taken proper care of but um let's let's try to make a difference you know if they don't call you you call them and say you know i know i wasn't much of what i ought to be you know you let the lord guide your words and uh and say you know but i i want to start now if i can just being there as best as i can and that's all that really uh anybody can do that's made a mess out of things 
But for those of you, and to pray, of course, and ask the Lord to guide you and to help you in, in all that he wants you to do. Maybe the Lord will lead you and guide you in some direction to help be a mentor to someone that maybe has lost their father. And so with that said, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to uh, give a little uh, something, something to the dads out there, all of you that have, uh, you know, you've, you've done your best. You know, there's some fathers out there, you, you know, you, you were for your children and with your children and encouraging your children and all of that kind of thing. And, and uh, that we just, you know, I, I just, you know, honestly, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to give y'all an applause. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the good, good fathers. Amen. You deserve that and more because if you've been a good father, uh, know this, that you've made a mark on the future. And it's an important role that uh, fathers play in this world. But I tell you, it's under attack. You know, the, the position of even being a man is under attack. Even the position of being a woman is under attack. And uh, we've got to stand up. Uh, yes, amen. We've got to stand up and reclaim. You say it just sounds ridiculous that we've got to reclaim. But, you know, uh, there is a, a fight with the devil. Sometimes, uh, you know, the Bible says to, to, to uh, resist the devil. Sometimes you've got to resist him. But there's other times that we've really got to go into the fight and into the battle and say, look, we're, we're not going to let you take this and that. We're taking it back. And so we've got to do that. Now, we've got to do it in the ways of the Lord. You know, you, get, you can't get on uh, like a physical, literal battlefield and, you know, fighting with people, literally fighting with people and beating people up and all that kind of stuff. That, that's not right in the Lord. You, you know, that's for the world and their ways. That's not the ways of uh, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, our battlefield is down on the knees that God gave us uh, getting in prayer and, and praying to God and asking the Lord to help uh, uh, the world and, and, and to fight for our children that are lost and uh, going to hell. You know, we've got to battle in prayer and, and stand for holiness. You know, the Lord said, be ye holy for I am holy. God wants us to stand for holiness. Us uh, that uh, serve in the Lord, we've got to live a holy life unto God. And, and let God take care of the rest. Amen. We've got a responsibility to, to be obedient to God. Now, I know y'all going to hear this phone going off. I'm not going to, um, you know, I, I have a problem with knowing how to uh, always try to figure out what in the world to do with this phone and the sounds it makes i'm gonna do my best here real quick to try to uh, figure this out okay i think i got it figured out so it won't beep anymore uh but anyway so let's get into uh our podcast today and before we do let's go to the lord because we've got to go to our heavenly father don't you know we've got a heavenly father? Hallelujah. He's the one that created us. He's the one that made us. He's the one that loves us and, and uh, wants the best for us. And so let's go to him in prayer. Dear heavenly father, we thank you for your love and your support and your kindness and your mercy, your goodness, your long suffering, your patience, all the things that you are God. But Lord, we thank you that you're a holy God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you're a wonderful Heavenly Father. And God, I pray today as we go into your word that you preserve for us. As we uh, 
uh, delve into your word on this podcast. We've been talking, Lord, about the liars of the world because we know that you hate a lying tongue. Lord, you said in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 17 that a lying tongue was the thing that you hate, dear God, and pride, a proud look. God, and these things seem to be going together today in this society that we live in. My God, help us, Jesus. And so it is. We ask you, Lord, that the Holy Ghost would lead us and guide us today on this podcast. And just, Lord, have your way in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And so the first thing that I want to do is I want to turn to 1 John chapter 5. In verse 10. Now, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I say these things because I'm a teacher and I try to help people, those that are new in the Lord and all that. I try to do my best to uh, encourage people uh, to learn the Word of God and learn where. That's the reason why I'm so adamant. I tell people, look, you know, uh, pastor two churches over time, and I told people, I said, I don't want no phones up in there. Don't be, don't be getting your phone out to look up the Bible scriptures. I said, get yourself a Bible. If you ain't got one, we'll buy you one. But get a Bible and learn how to navigate through the Word of God. And uh, we always use King James Version. And uh, But, uh, I, you know, uh, trying to get people to uh, learn where the Word of God is so that you can quickly move over uh, to where those are. It's a good thing to know God's Word and know where, uh, where it's at and where the passages of Scriptures are, where the books of the Bible are. It's a good thing. To walk through and to know those things. You know, we spend a lot of time in our careers trying to learn all the, uh, you know, different people have different things. You know what? A doctor, they go to school for many, many years to learn how to have a degree to do that and learn all the details and things that they need. You don't want to go to a doctor that ain't got no degree, do you? No, you want somebody that went to get some knowledge. You don't want to sit there and he say, well, you know, I, I, I was about six months over there helping out the veterinarian and all. No, you don't want that. Not you. I don't want that. No, I want a doctor been to school. I want a doctor that knows what he's doing, you see. Well, the same with the Word of God, you know. You, you, you want somebody uh, to be able to get through the Word of God and search it out. Well, that's got to be each and every one of us. Those of us that serve the Lord, uh, the Lord walking with Him, God wants us uh, to be able to rightly divide the Word of God. That's not just for the preacher to do. That's for everybody to do. Amen. So we got to rightly divide the word of God, and we got to know where things are at. So First John uh, chapter five and verse ten. Now, what I'm going to say is, is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is the first uh, the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament. Now, to find the book of John or the first book of John, which is not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, not that one, but go to the book of Revelation. Now, this is real easy. It's at the back of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and then back up. And if you back up, you're going to find this little book called Jude. And then after that, you got uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. So, And there's three little books, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd book. But we're going to be in the first book of John, in chapter 5 and verse 10. And let's see what this says. 1st John, chapter 5, verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Oh, my goodness. Let's read that again. He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. You know, you're going to believe in the Lord. There's a witness that comes into you, into yourself, when you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. 
You know that you belong to him. You know that he's your God. But then it says, He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar. God hath made him a liar. Hmm? Because he believed not the record that God gave of his son. Now, I'm going to say something. If there's anybody on here that's listening to this, because I know that there are actually atheists that listen to podcasts of Bible um, commentators or whatever you want to call, call them and that, and they listen to them just to take apart what they say. Did, did you not know that? Yeah, they do that. And so I'm going to say this. If there's somebody on here listening and you just listening just to twist whatever said and then you're going to get on your own podcast just to twist it up, don't you know, number one, God is watching what you're doing. You better watch out because you're playing a game of God. Now, I know that those who are uh, atheists, they just laugh at you when you say stuff like that. But you know what? One of these days, God's going to laugh at you. Bible says so. Oh, yeah. You keep on going down the road you're going. God sees your day are coming, and, and, and he will laugh, the Bible says, at you because you didn't listen. Now, you got an opportunity. You have an opportunity because there are people like me that love everybody. I mean, I, love, I don't love everybody's ways. I don't mean that, but I mean loving everybody because God puts a compassion in your heart for the lost souls that are out there. And so, and, and not just myself, I'm not... I, I don't mean that, but but there's a lot of men and women of God and people that love the Lord that really have a sincere uh, compassion for those that are lost, those that don't know the Lord. And so we, we have a, a mandate by the Lord to, to go and tell everybody. You know, some people, I, I know there's some, some street preachers go out and they, well, I tell you, they really get uh, a workover from people out in the world, you know, because people get so mad at them. But, uh, you know, a lot of times I've noticed and I've, I've looked on my phone at some of these street preachers and, and uh, almost invariably you will find somebody in the audience that says, well, uh, what are you out here for? You're just disturbing me. You're just bothering me. What do you got to do this for? Why are you out here? Why don't you just go to your church and just preach in there and leave us alone? Well, because that's not what the Lord said to do. He said, go out into the highways and the byways. Or the highways and the hedges is what it say. But uh, listen, God wants us to reach the lost. We're not here just to sit around and twiddle our thumbs while we're waiting. Uh, like we got this idea. We go, we're waiting for the sound of the trumpet so we can jump up on our little cloud. And Jesus is going to hand us a harp. And we're just going to go sailing away on our cloud playing our little harp. I mean, no. You've got a work to do. The Bible uh, lets us to know we've got a work to do in the Father. Amen. And what that work is, uh, is detailed right here in this verse. He said, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness within itself. So those that have been saved, 
We'll have to go reach them for Jesus Christ. Now, uh, after they get saved, of course, we've got to teach people and encourage them, teach them the Word of God and teach them how to live for God, but also continually encouraging people and that kind of thing. You know, because that is the uh, the work of the Spirit in the church. You know, God is going to, uh, He gives the church the ministry of reconciliation and people are reconciled back to God through the witness of people that are reaching out to the lost. But we've got a busy uh, schedule in Jesus because the Lord, he left us in Matthew 28, 19. He said, go, go into all, all the world, go everywhere. You know, we got to go and we got to do. And, and, and so, uh, you know, he, he says, he that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. You've got that witness in you. Now, he said, he that believeth not, God hath made him a liar. Hmm? Because he believed not the record that God gave his of his son if you refuse to believe that jesus was given that god gave his son and that that son is jesus christ the one and only begotten of the father if you refuse to believe the record that god gave then there is nothing else left that's going to come to you at the end when you meet god and so you know those of us do it happen say god's gonna put a heart in us to want to help people and to talk to people and to reach people and and not only that but to encourage those of us who have been saved sanctified and filled with the holy ghost <coughs> saved and 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 god has set us apart that word sanctified means to be set apart you know you you've been saved god you put your faith and trust in jesus christ sanctified simply means you've been set apart for the master's use god is going to use you and then you've been filled with the holy ghost because god said uh out of the mouth of jesus in uh acts chapter 1 and verse 8 he said uh, you he said i want you to go he said you're going to tarry there in jerusalem he said until you be endued with power from on high and then in acts chapter 2 and verse 38 and 39 you find out what is going on here. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Holy Ghost is poured out. And then in Acts chapter 2 and 38 and 39, it tells us that, you know, people come and they hear uh, they're being reached. They're being reached by the power of God that fell. They were reached. And, and then people come and they say, well, what do we got to do? What is it we need to do to be saved? And then Peter stood up. You see, Peter stood up. You know, I want to say something about Peter for a moment. You know, Peter and John, the Bible says that they were known as, as the unlearned. Oh, yeah, there's scriptures talk about that. And, uh, and, and they were perceived to be the unlearned. They perceived to be unlearned, but yet they were noted to have been with Jesus. That's why I say to y'all, listen, you don't have to have a, a, a degree. Uh, if, if you spend time with Jesus... And you, and you know how you spend time with Jesus? You get yourself down in some prayer. And, and you spend some time. I ain't talking about no two or three minute prayer. I ain't talking about sitting there saying, thank you, Lord, for my food. Amen. And then consider that you've got a prayer life. I'm not talking about that. And certainly we ought to pray over our food and thank God for what he's given and what he's provided. That's the truth. But, you know, we're talking about a relationship that you are building. You've got to spend some time with the Lord to build a relationship. What relationship? All right, you fathers. We do, all right, now, did Father Day weekend and all. What fathers are going to have a good relationship with their children? Are you hearing me? What father is going to have a good relationship with their father, with their children, if they don't spend time with them? You see. Now, God is willing. God, our Father, is willing to spend time with you and I. 
But are we willing to do the same and turn around and, and, and make that call in prayer and say, here I am, Lord? Huh? We got to do that. And then the other thing is we got to get in the word of God. You know, because God has left his word. God has provided his word and left his word here. And surely enough, it went through dark ages. And we talk about that another time. But there was a time when it was held up in unrighteousness. The Bible talk about that. Now, some have held the word of God in unrighteousness. It ain't right. But they did it anyhow. But God made a way because the devil was not going to have his way. And God provided the word. And now you can't sit there and say that God did not make a way. And we sure enough can't say there was no record of God providing his son. That's not true. Don't sit there and tell me about, uh, oh, well, what about the rest of the world? No, we're talking to you. Huh? Maybe God's calling you to go another place in the world. Huh? Don't tell me about what nobody, well, what about those in the jungle, uh, this, that, uh, what about yourself? Huh? Maybe God calling you to the jungle. Huh? Don't sit there and start pointing. You know what that is? It's just being evasive. That's what people like to do. You start talking about things and what God has uh, done, and then because people don't want to hold on to the responsibility, and a lot of times we got a lot of daddies nowadays, Y'all don't want to take your responsibility to be the daddy y'all to be. And we got to step up to the plate now. Huh? And so uh, God has been a good father. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. God's been good. And he's provided everything that we need. Listen, to get uh, to erase that ticket to hell. Don't you know we all got a ticket going straight to hell? Every last one of us. Because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every last one of us. And we're all going straight to hell if we do not do this very thing and put our faith in the Lord and allow ourselves to say, yes, I've accepted the record that God has provided His Son. Amen and hallelujah. Amen. But you know, I won't focus on this because in verse 10 it said, God has made him a liar. The one that don't want to believe. God has made him a liar. Now, how did God make him a liar? Because when God speaks and then you don't listen, it automatically turns you into a liar. You say, well, why am I a liar? Because you're refusing to accept that God has made a way. And you will say, that's not true. That's just made up by a bunch of people. And that book is not true. You're lying on God. And so, in essence, God has made you into a liar. Because you don't want to believe him. He's provided, but you don't want to listen to him. Now, the problem with that is in Revelation 21 and verse 8, it says all liars have their part in the lake of fire. You know what that word part means? Your section. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your own section up there in hell in the lake of fire if you don't listen. Now, I'm trying not to be a bull in the china shop and bust everything in my path. I'm really, Lord help me, Jesus. But listen, we got to get on about the business of working for the Father and serving him and living for him and giving him the praise and the glory. Hallelujah, glory. Glory to God, hallelujah, because he's worthy. we got to give the Father the praise he deserves. Amen. And so with that said, we're going to talk about some other things about lying. Now, we've been looking at Proverbs chapter 6. 
in verses 16 through 19. In verse 17, it says the first two things on the list that God hates is talking about the things that God hates, the seven things that God hates. And the first two things is pride and a lying tongue. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. God don't like that. Matter of fact, he hates it. But we're going to look at something today. And we're going to look at it in light of Father's Day. You say, well, I don't know how it relates to Father's Day. Well, we'll try to make it work. All right, so we're going to go to Genesis 1, chapter 1, and verse 27. And the Word of God says, that's the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. And that's chapter 1, the very first chapter of the book. So you go all the way to the beginning. And verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, Created he them. I'm going to read it again. So God. You hear that word? Not just anybody. Okay. We ain't talking about some scientists that uh, start trying to create a blob up in. You know, I read that yesterday. And they, they try and do their very best. Trying to um, do whatever they can to try to create a human being. I'm going to tell you what. That's going to turn into a big mess. Because what you're doing is you're playing God, and you better quit. Now, I'm not warning you because of anything I would say or do or what any other Christians. If you're a real true Christian, you get on your knees is what you got to do. you got to get on your knees and fight this battle in, in with the armor that God has given us in Ephesians chapter 6. And you read verses, I believe it's 10 through 18, I believe it is, uh, talking about our armor that we wear. And one of those things, we better get down to business of prayer. Because in Second Chronicles in chapter 7, verse 14, he said, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, hallelujah, glory to God. God will come in and God will heal our land. God will help us. God will bless us. But we've got to be willing to submit ourselves to God. In the book of James, it talks about that. Submitting ourselves unto God. Huh? We've got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. But you know, you got people out there playing God, trying to play God. But in the beginning, verse 27, God created human beings. It says, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. The word man there is human being. And in the image of God, he uh, created he him, male and female created he them. You see. Now, I want you to go, if you will, if you're going to follow with me, uh, to the book of Matthew. And we're going to look at the words of Jesus. And we're in Matthew chapter 19. And we're going to, uh, let's see, we're going to go on. Let's start with um, verse 3. All right, so with Matthew 19, chapter, uh, chap, Matthew chapter 19 and verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him. Now notice what they're doing. They're not there to learn nothing. No, they think they know it all. They're not there to learn it all. They're there to tempt him, just like I said. You know, if you read the Bible with what it says, it's not going to be hard to understand. And so they're there. They're not there to get some wisdom from God. They're there to tempt him, to test him, and to try to, uh, you know, uh, put him in a, in, a, in a position that's going to give them uh, the reason to turn around and arrest him or to kill him. 
There's no good reason why they were talking to him. They didn't really want to know the information that they're going to ask. But here it goes. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Shall we read it again? The Pharisees came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Hmm? Now, what I'm going to point out, and I'm going to talk to y'all on the right right now. Hmm? I have seen preachers twist this up, this chapter up, and try to declare that this means everybody is going to uh, be in a heterosexual marriage. And when I say that, I don't want anything twisted with what I'm going to say. Uh, only have heterosexual attraction, meaning opposite sex attraction, that there's nobody that's going to have any other struggle. This is all about being straight. I have literally heard preachers talk like that. Okay, They literally use this chapter to do this, and they do that because uh, they look at the next verse in verse 4. But you need to understand what, and the point that I'm trying to make here is when you study the Word of God, Stay on task. Do you understand what that means? I mean, I didn't have to go to no Bible school to understand you got to stay on task. And you got to rightly divide the Word of God. When, when the Lord gives us His Word and says to rightly divide the Word, you better listen to Him. And what is going on here, and we're going to put the division there that needs to be, it says rightly divide. We're going to divide it up properly. It's talking about divorce. Being married and, and divorcing your wife for any reason. And that's what they ask him. They ask him specifically, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And, and see, and this is what was happening with Moses at one point because of the hardness of their heart. Moses just finally gave in and said, fine, do whatever you're going to do. You know, they burn the biscuits. Okay, well, we're divorcing them. We don't, they don't know how to cook. Or one stupid thing after another, you know. But Jesus gets into this question, but he knows that there's more to this and more behind this. Uh, then meets the eye. And he answered and he said unto them, Have you not read? that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Now, what I want to do is say we are going to go there to look at what we are going to be looking at today and the lie that's hit this earth. Hmm? That, uh, you know, uh, this there's a lie that's going about that, number one, that God's word is not God's word. I mean, the devil has used people to just try to slam and tear God's word up because, because if you use the word of God and say, look, we need to go to, to the word because that is what is uh, most important to give us guidance and the world don't want to hear that anymore. They want to listen to whatever man's mind has come up with. They don't want to listen to what God says. 
And so this is the reason why we've got all the problems we've got. We're dealing with all this bunch of nonsense that we've got coming at us because people absolutely are trying to literally rip the word of God apart as if it doesn't mean anything that there's no value to it, that there's no worth, and that it really was not God's word. I mean, there's people that are speaking in this way, and there are many, many people that are listening to it. Now, when you look uh, in the book of Timothy, it tells you that we're going to be running into perilous days, dangerous times, and we are there. We are there because false teachers have come out and about, and they don't have to be in a church to be a false teacher either. You've got all of this LBGTQ uh, agenda, and you've got all this transgender, uh, gay agenda, all agenda, and all of these things mixing together and moving forward and pressing a false teaching that many, many people are grasping hold of. Okay, we're talking about people that are educated. You know, we're talking about people that uh, that have been, uh, you know, to college and got their degrees and all that kind of thing. You know, because they'll, uh, you've got these people that are following uh, this false teaching and this agenda that's hit this earth, wanting to make it sound like, oh, no, 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 no. There's more than just male and female. Hmm? They want to believe that lie. Now. I will say in verse 19, in chapter 19, and uh, as you get down to verse 12, the Lord does speak about the eunuchs. And, uh, but you got to understand, any eunuch, whether they be male or female, they were still either a male or a female. You say there's no such thing as a female eunuch. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. There's many of them that, over in other countries that go through that. So they, they do exist. But here's the thing. In any direction that you go, with that is no matter because it, in other words it don't matter because because they were either they're either a male eunuch or they're a female eunuch either way it goes now i'm going to say that because of what is here in chapter 12 that uh, jesus is talking about because i have been like I said, a part of that gay agenda for a long, long time, and I know how it goes, and I was around uh, in, in what was called the MCC, Metropolitan Community Church, for a long time, and I know the agenda. I know where they go with this. And so what is happening now, there was you know, little snip, snippets of it here and there and yonder. And, and, and this idea that male and female is all that God created as far as uh, gender or sex or whatever you want to call it, okay? And I'm not ignorant to the fact that, uh, you know, people are explaining it in certain ways. I get all that. But I like to just lump it up. You know what I mean? I make it easy for some folks. Just lump it all up. But I get that some people say, yes, there is a difference between gender and sex and blah, 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 blah. Listen. You can't get away from the fact what God said in his word. And, you know, when I say that, some people say, oh, no, that's not true because I don't believe it. I believe there's many, 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 many other genders. I, or and many, many other sexes. And there's that. You know, I mean, it can just go on. I was looking at my phone last night and I was just astounded at, uh, you know, it was talking about, uh, it was this article that came up on the phone that said something about, um, learning how to navigate it didn't use the word navigate but i use that word a lot but uh learn how to navigate through pronouns well why do i have to learn that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go down that road because i'm gonna look at the word of god and i'm going to literally 
I don't know how else to say this, but I'm in Texas, so this is how I'm going to say it. I'm going to saddle myself up. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm going to saddle myself up with the truth. I'm going to saddle myself up with the Word of God. What does God say? God says, uh, in the beginning, we read that in, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, that God made him male and female. Now let's see what, what the Lord say. He, he's answering the Pharisees in a kind of an odd way. Because, you know, they, they're talking about... Uh, hey, we want to know if we can divorce our wife for any reason. Can we do that? Because Moses did it. He let us do it. Are you going to let us do it, Jesus? And the first thing that comes out of, out of Jesus' mouth is, well, you know, from the beginning, God made male and female. And you might say, well, what does that got to do with the price of anything? You know, I mean, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but anyway, probably some of you figured out what I was going to say. But anyway. What has it got to do with anything? You know, some people say, well, what has that got to do with anything? Well, it's got everything to do with it. Okay? Because the thing of it is that the male and female relationship, that marital relationship between male and female, it is a very important relationship that God has created. And so, uh, you know, you can't, I mean, it's a very first relationship that God created. You can't get away from that. You can't ignore that. But do you know, uh, there are, I have literally heard out of the mouth of people that have been a part of the gay agenda. I'm not kidding. I literally, this, these are things that were said out of their mouth. Okay. That uh, they're talking about in Genesis. And they will literally twist the word of God so far that they'll say, well, they were one, they were both the same gender when God created them, but then whenever uh, the fall happened, then, the, then that became a woman. Now, I mean, I've literally heard that. I have literally heard that doctrine. And this is from people that claim to be Christian that are part of the gay agenda. And they'll do anything and they'll say anything to try to twist the word of God in order to fit the narrative that they want to fit because they're trying to make things work the way they want it to work. And so in order to do that, they've got to twist some things about the word of God. And I'm not kidding. I, I'm not kidding. They're, and I know, I, I know what church they belong to. Now, that's not part of the MCC. That's a part of another group. And unfortunately, I'm going to say this. They call themselves Pentecostal. Oh, yeah, they do. They call themselves Pentecostal, and they, they, uh, they're not, uh, uh, they are, you know, it's a church of just anything, but either, they're only gays, lesbians, transgenders in that church. You don't, you don't find that, uh, you know, you might have a couple of straight people in there, but it's rare. So, the same thing with MCC. Uh, Metropolitan Community Church. But uh, so uh, these, these things can be twisted. But the thing of it is you can't twist the words of Jesus. You can't twist the words of God, you see. But, well, you can. But if you do, what are you going to get? You're going to get this mess. You're going to get this mess that we're dealing with right now, you see. And so uh, the Lord, uh, he, and he's, you know, being, being uh, accosted, really, by these Pharisees and, and said, you know, Hey, Jesus, can we divorce our wife for any reason? Because Moses let us do it. And you say, well, I don't say that there. Well, if you keep reading the study, you'll find that they actually do uh, go on. In verse 7, it says, They say unto him, Why did Moses then command, given a writing of divorcement, to put her away? And then Jesus said, Well, uh, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, stuff suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. That's verse 7 and 8. So, 
you know, Jesus, when they talk about divorce and putting away the wife for any cause, any reason, other than adultery, committing adultery, because Jesus does speak of that, that would be the only reason that uh, a man would be able to divorce his wife if she were uh, to commit adultery. And the same goes for the woman. The woman has the right to divorce the husband if he's committed adultery. And so, now, but, but Jesus doesn't, you know, he kind of goes around the bend, and what he starts with is, look, God made male and female from the beginning. So what do you think? And that kind of jars them. It's like, okay, well, what has it got to do with anything? Well, it's got everything to do with it because God has brought them together. God has brought this husband and wife together, and God has given an example there of what uh, a heterosexual marriage and I say it that way for a reason, a heterosexual marriage is going to look like. you. And, you know, when when you've got this lie that's coming at you, okay, that, uh, you know, because I've literally, I've sat, because like I said, I, I attended Metropolitan Community Church for several years, and, and I sat and I listened to some of these messages, and I knew full well that it wasn't right because I knew the Word of God. But I wanted somewhere to go. You know, I was I was dealing with same-sex attraction. And, and to this day, I, I'm not going to sit there and lie to y'all. I'm not doing that. I'm going to tell the truth. Now that I, I you know, I will, uh, I know that I will always deal with same-sex attraction. Jesus, uh, as I, and I believe that it was the Lord, uh, Jesus. I mean Jesus. I'm not talking about some of the God. That's what I mean when I say that. But when I was in prayer and God finally, because I pleaded with him for many, many years. And, and, and finally one day, you know, after years and years and years, and the Lord finally answered me. And I said, Lord, can you just take this away from me? I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want and, and the Lord finally said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so I've had to go from that point to where I am today. And so, you know, but when I sat so many times, you know, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday in this church and just wanting somewhere to go and wanting somewhere to be able to, uh, you know, that's going to be worshiping God and, and, and knowing, you know, different things that have happened uh, at the church where there's so much truth preached. You know, when you've got so much truth preached, but then the people are not treated right, that can cause a big problem. It can really devastate people. And that, that has to be looked at. It really has to be looked at because some people can be really struggling and dealing with some things. And, and, and then if you, you know, such as my own story and what happened with me and, and people, uh, you know, because I was studying for the ministry and all of that. And then when things, uh, you know, fell apart because I, I was trying to seek help and that didn't work and, and, and just one thing and another and different things just falling like a house of cards. Boom, 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 boom. And, and you know, so trying to seek a place to be and, and because like I tried to tell y'all on the right, you got to understand, there are people out there that are same-sex attracted that really do love the Lord, that are same-sex attracted and, uh, and they might even deal with uh, both same-sex attraction and opposite-sex attraction. There's some people that do. Uh, but but that's as far as that spectrum will go, as far as uh, the attraction goes. But you've got this agenda that's coming at you that's saying, oh, no, uh, I, I'm just attracted to the person. And then you got people trying to explain what that means. Well, because I like uh, their demeanor or I like uh, one thing. I mean, they'll try to listen. Everybody got that going on. 
You can't sit there and say that's that's a, a gender in and of itself. It's insane what's going on. But they'll try to, oh, there's this multiplicity of genders and trying to explain that. No, that's simply explained this way. Look, there's some people, look, not everybody is, is going to be attracted to the same type of person, but that has nothing to do with the fact that God still created male and female in the beginning. You can't change that. You, you can't twist that. You can't turn it around unless you're going to do what it was talking about in 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. You're not going to truly believe on the Son. And it's going to make you a liar. Because see, if you, if you believe, if you truly believe that God has provided a Son, okay, God fathered a body, and, and, and we see God, God in Christ reconciling the world to himself through the Son of the living God that's been provided. And if you don't accept the record that God has given, well, what's the record that God has given? Because Jesus is going to give you direction. Are you going to refuse his own? I mean, you know, because there's people out there, they say they believe in the Lord. They say they accept the Son. But when you point to some of the things that Jesus says, oh, I don't want to hear that. Or no, there's another uh, example. Oh, they just didn't know. The writer didn't know. I mean, they'll go on and on and on and on and on about how, oh, the writer didn't know this and the writer didn't know. Listen, are you going to tell me that God in Christ didn't know what he was talking about? Is that what you're going to say? Are you going to literally say that God in Christ don't know what he's talking about? The one that created everything that there is? Come on now. Right? With that said, I'm going to turn to first. I'm going to turn to John. Let's go to John chapter 1. I'm not talking about 1 John. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is the one I'm talking about. Let's go to John, John chapter 1. Because we're reading what Jesus says, but, but let's look at John chapter 1. What, what, what do it say? Listen. It said in chapter 1. If you read... Verse 3, it actually is talking about Jesus here. And it says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life. Verse 4. In him was life, and life was the light of men. This is talking about Jesus. Now, and, and, and Jesus now is responding to these Pharisees about marriage and divorce. He's talking about divorce. Can you divorce your wife for any reason? Because you know what? That's going on now, isn't it? Huh? How many states have that very law on the books now that you can divorce for any reason? Huh? It's called no-clause divorce or something, something to that effect. Huh? Do you know people used to be jailed for committing adultery? They absolutely did. And I'm talking about here in the United States. And so, you know, you've got all kinds of lies that have been perpetrated that were boiling, you know, on a slow simmer. Not boiling yet, excuse me. They were on a slow simmer way back yonder. You know, it started out a little bit warm, and then it got a little bit warmer, a little bit warmer, and, and, now, and then it's simmering and simmering, and it's getting hotter and hotter. And now we're literally boiling over all over the place. Why? Because people have not accepted the record of Jesus Christ that God gave. Oh, you might say, well, I accept that record because I accepted Jesus. If you're going to accept Jesus, you have to accept him on his terms, not yours. His terms, not yours. 
And so with that said, the Lord say in chapter 19 of the book of Matthew, and you read, after they've asked, can I divorce my wife for any reason? Because that's what they asked. And he said, have you not read that, that he which made them in the beginning made them male and female? And then he says, and, and said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they, two sh they twain shall be one flesh. Huh? And then verse 6, it said, wherefore they are no more twain. They're not no longer two people, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. God put this together, uh, this, this thing of marriage. God did that. You see. And, and, and now, so remember, always take God and his word and rightly divide it. Don't sit there and, and try to divide it up in some other way that don't make a bit of sense. I wanted to say stupid sense, but anyway, if I say stupid sense, then somebody's going to get offended, so I won't say stupid sense, okay? <clears throat> so some people, they'll try to mix it up so that it don't make sense. Hmm? But this is what Jesus said. So, and he's responding in that way to the question about divorce. Now, it's a whole other subject when you get down to verse 12, okay, verse 11 and 12, because then the Lord's beginning to speak about the eunuch, which is the sexually different. They are not, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be able to... Um, fit in that category you know somebody like uh, and I'm going to use myself as an example it's not going to fit and you say well you haven't tried oh no I did oh, I was married for 15 years to a woman yes I did try and you say well how could you be married for 15 years well, many many years of that was separated you know we'd be together and separate be together and separate separated eight different times before we finally gave it up finally gave up the ghost of the marriage no, huh? and um, you know, uh, I'm just going to tell the truth. You know, in the first uh, less than I don't know, it's about two years, maybe two, two and a half years, somewhere in there, less than three years. Uh, my wife committed adultery, and you know, um. You know, in some of these podcasts, I'm going to be real blunt. And so these podcasts, uh, I don't uh, want anybody to be upset with me. And I'm going to make it very, very clear. Listen, don't don't let children uh, listen to this without you giving consent, consent. I'm not going to tell you what age they can be. I would say preferably that they be 18. But, you know, you're the parent. You decide. You do what you're going to do. Because, honestly, I think it's ridiculous what's going on where parents can't even be parents to their children anymore. And you've got, uh, I think, even in California where if you don't agree to your child saying they're transgender, it, it, it creates a custody battle in court. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. But this is the place that we've gone to. We've 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 come to the place of believing a lie. And and what I'm I, I guess what I'm trying to say to y'all is this that because I was over there and I was in that church, uh, one that is so predominantly gay, 
what it was. I mean, it was known at the time that I attended as the gay church. I mean, that's what they called it, Metropolitan Community Church. Now, I want to say this. I'm not saying that everybody was, was terrible people there. I'm not saying that at all. There were some very loving people there. And there were people I, I saw that really did love the Lord. They just didn't know what to do. And I know some people, other than just to live their life because uh, they were so damaged in so many different ways. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, look, I've had my own experiences, and I know uh, from listening to them and their experiences that some of these people really, really have had a horrible time um, dealing with people on the right, uh, which I am very much on the right. Now, some people may say, oh, that can't possibly be true with what's been coming out of your mouth the last few weeks. No, it's true. Listen to some of the other podcasts, and I ain't changed my mind neither, because I absolutely believe Leviticus 18 and 22 that people should obey that. Men should be very obedient to that, because the Bible makes it very clear, man shall not lie with mankind as, as with womankind. And there, there's uh, something there that uh, you have to see and study and look at and be obedient. You cannot ignore it. You must be obedient. And then you've got Deuteronomy 22.5. I believe that emphatically. As a matter of fact, I believe it so emphatically that I believe that Leviticus 18.22 and Deuteronomy 22.5 actually blend together in what is going on now it is a blending together i believe and, and because the bible says that both of these things are an abomination unto god that's what i mean about blending together i don't mean they didn't have their right place in the bible i don't mean that at all but what i'm saying is one affects the other don't tell me it don't you got men running around in skirts and people are upset because why Oh, you didn't care if they was in a skirt as long as they was up in the bar, but now they're going to infect the children. And now, and rightly so, uh, y'all have exploded. Well, I would, if, if my children, and, and look, I, we were raising children that we had adopted. And I'm going to tell you, uh, even as at that time when I called myself a gay man, I don't use the term no more. I don't live that way no more. I, I don't say that anymore. I'm a eunuch and that's the way I live. But listen, if my children, my daughters, would have went in the bathroom, and then come out, and there was a man in there peeing. And when I say a man, I'm talking about a, a man. you got a penis. And my daughters would have come out upset and telling me that. I'm going to tell you what. I probably would have went to jail. Because I would have I would have, I would have been yelling in that bathroom, Ladies, cover yourself up. Because I'm coming in to find out where that man's at in that bathroom. Because he ain't got no business being there. And I would ask somebody in the store. I'd say, well, would you, uh, you lady, could you go in there and get the women out? Because I'm going in. I'm going to find that man that was in that bathroom. Because we're going to have a talk. Because I don't, I wouldn't have wanted nobody. And, and I was a gay man at that time raising them children. You, and, and let me tell you, I would have been hot mad. I would have been furious if my children were in this day and age that we're living in now and they would have came out and said, Dad, there's a man in there peeing. How do you know it's a man? Because his thing is hanging out. You see what I'm saying? And you know that's how kids would have talked. That's what they would have said. And I would have been furious. I mean, I wouldn't want to just dart in there because then I'm going to be in the same predicament, you know. But what I'm saying is, uh, would have made a way. I would have been standing at that door waiting for that man to come out. Now, would I call 911? Yeah, because I'm probably going to need to be putting handcuffs when it's over. 
And I might be in the hospital, who knows, because he might be big enough to beat the daylights out of me. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. Look, if I if I feel that way by myself, I know other and these are adopted children of mine. You understand what I'm saying? And you, you, you got. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying the people that adopt their children that they don't love them like they would their own flesh and blood. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, you love your children nonetheless. And those of you that you got your children, whether they're being adopted or whatever the case, been you know that you're going and that or that uh, you and you know your husband and wife have come together and you had a child or whatever the case may be. Look, it, it makes sense why people are upset about this because it's a lie coming straight at you right in your face and what are you going to do especially when the government at, uh, you know in some states are, are are literally causing custody issues over parents that don't want their children under this uh, thing thing of transgender issues because it's just exploded you see but but when you look at at first John and chapter 5 and verse 10, when you're looking at, let, let's look at it again. I'm, I'm gonna look at it again now. You say, why you why you do that? Because I want you to get what I'm saying. Okay, chapter five, verse ten. But he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in itself. When you believe in the Son of God, that's different than that's absolutely different than just saying I believe. And the reason I know that's true is because when you look in the book of James, if we go to the book of James, move up a couple of books ahead. You got Peter, 1 Peter, 2 Peter. Move to the book of James. <coughs> and um, let's see. Verse 19, chapter 2, verse 19 in the book of James. It says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? That's verse 20. So, there's a difference in just saying, I believe in Jesus, and doing the works that prove you believe in Jesus. You see. So, with all that said, getting back to the Word of God, Matthew chapter 19, okay? Matthew chapter 19, and, 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 and you look at what Jesus is saying. He's going to tell them, look, from the beginning, God created male and female, okay? And he put them together. So now, I'm going to say this. Not everybody is going to have that relationship. It's not going to happen. The Apostle Paul didn't. Now, when you say that, there are some people on the right that have thrown together a narrative that they cannot actually prove, but they go down this one road that there's no proof in it whatsoever. Whether Apostle Paul was married or not, there's not any substantial evidence in one direction or another. He may have been, he may not have been. But the fact of the matter is that he wasn't when he wrote the Word of God. When he wrote the books that God moved on him to write, he was not married. He did not have a, a wife, and, and neither did he throughout the whole time because he discussed those things. He said he wished that uh, others could be like him, but not everybody has that gift to be able uh, to do. But nevertheless, not everybody uh, is going to have a wife. Not everybody's going to have a husband is what I'm trying to say. But listen, you can't take what God has created, and even through the mouth of Jesus, okay, you say you believe in him? Well, the devils believe too. You're not any different than the devil. 
unless you do this. And that is, when you believe on him, you believe on what he said as well. You're going to listen to what he said, and you're going to say, oh, this is what he said, so this is what we're going to believe. Because he's the one I follow. He's the one I obey, you see. Now, in verse 6, it literally says that they become one flesh. So how can you divide it up? The reason why that adultery divides it up is because the person that's committed the sin of adultery has already made the division, has already cut it through, has already surgically split that relationship up by committing adultery. So it's literally ripped them apart. And, and most of the time you will find that adultery probably... I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I will say it is extremely high, and I would say in the 90s. Hmm? There are some people that are in what's called an open relationship, but I'm going to say something to you, especially if you claim to be a Christian and you're doing that nonsense, because it is nonsense. It's a lie, another lie perpetrated from this world's agenda. Hmm? Yes, it is. And I have known people, I told you, I, I, I didn't always live the life I'm living now. And I've saw many things and talked to many people and saw many people in different types of relationships. I've seen people in those type of relationships. I've known heterosexual couples that were in open relationships. Right? And, and these people, what ends up happening is their marriages end up breaking apart. They're actually married, but... They end up, you know, having open relationships and having sex with other people besides themselves. And it, and it destroys things. It begins to break things down. Whether or not they say, oh, we're okay with it or whatever. And it eventually breaks it up. It breaks it down. And you see uh, these things played out over and over and over. Now you've got people, uh, you've got this other lie coming. Oh, we're a throuple. Huh? You, you've got a husband and wife. And then you've got either a man or a woman added to the group. And they may not all three be having sex at the same time, but, but you know, one or the other is, is doing the duty with, with both of them, you see. I saw a uh, situation where I read that there was this woman, because it astounded me that, the, that, that women are, are purporting this themselves. I mean, uh, you know, you hear so many, many, many stories of men saying, well, you know, I want another woman in the, in the mix and da-da-da. I mean, I've heard that, not for myself, but I'm going to say it. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, and, 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 and the woman reluctantly gives into it because she wants her husband to be happy, but it begins to tear and rip apart that marriage. But I actually saw a story, and it was a woman, and her and her husband, they, they for all account, uh, accounts of what can be seen and what was read, the husband and wife, the husband is perfectly happy with the woman wanting another man in the relationship. Not to be married to him, but as a lover on the side. And it's called a thruple. And they live in the same house, and she will have sex with her husband, and then at other times she'll have sex with the man. They never had it all together, all three of them. But this is what uh, some people are doing and calling it a thruple or whatever. Sometimes it's the man with two women, and he goes back and forth, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And, and, and that type of thing is the reason why the Lord said that adultery is the only reason to be able to get a divorce because it does begin to rip and tear at the thread of what was woven together as one flesh. And so 
Why talk about these things? Because God created it from the beginning. And when we looked at 1 John, uh, or not 1 John, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when we looked at first, uh, the first chapter of John, it says all things were created by the Lord. So why would he not know and why would he not understand these things? Because these are things that I heard preached, you know, like, well, they'll, they'll blame it on the writer and they'll say, well, the writer didn't know. But listen, do you understand that the men were moved on by the Holy Ghost and that God moved? Now, yeah, he did move within uh, their culture and with what was going on around them. But you cannot negate the fact that Jesus spoke these words. Okay. And so it is what it is. And so uh, you've got here, he said God made them uh, male and female from the beginning. You've got Jesus speaking this. You see in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, God made them from the beginning. Huh? And then you've got John 1 and verse 3, where it says all things were made by him and nothing else that was made. Anything that was made was, you know, he made everything. Everything was made by him. There, nothing that Jesus didn't make. Okay? And, 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 and you've got... Uh, this verse that tells us in John, in First John chapter five and verse ten, that if 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 you don't accept the record, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish up because I'm trying to wrap this up, but I'm gonna go back to it again. And this is in First John, where we were, First John chapter five and verse ten. At the end of this, okay, because it says he that well, I'm gonna read the whole thing. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness of him in himself. He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar, because he believed not the record that God gave of his Son. When God, listen, there's a record of it. You can't say that there's no Bibles in the world that talk about Jesus Christ. You can't say that there's nothing there that gives you a record of Jesus Christ. That's a lie. Okay, so you're already in the doghouse if, if, if you just refuse to believe uh, when there's plenty of evidence. Okay, and not just in the Bible, but there's history. So, but here's the thing. When you accept the record that God gave his son, you're going to accept the record of whatever was attached to the son. Whatever the son taught, whatever the son uh, uh, taught his apostles, to teach to the church. You're not going to sit there and say, well, we'll believe in the Son, but we're not going to believe in everything that He said. Because it, you're made out to be a liar. And God is going to help you out. Do you understand? Because the Bible say that God hath made him a liar. If you're going to refuse, you see, you're going to refuse. And, and see, this is the problem that comes along with this statement that I hear so many Christians and, 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 and it kept being repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and now here we are with this big mess in the church itself because even the church is now and when I say the church I'm saying that lightly because what I'm saying is people that claim to be Christians and claim to be a part of the church because they'll say well I know Jesus well that's all fine and well the devil knows him too well I believe in Jesus well the devil believes too so what else you got huh what else you got to give? You have to go beyond and let your beliefs prove what you believe. So how are you going to do that? The only way to do that is to show proof by the fact that you follow and believe what Jesus taught. You can do it your way. And you can say, well, I believe. 
But you know what Jesus said himself? The one that they make out to be a candy man? Jesus said there's going to come a day when they say, Lord, Lord, and I'm going to say to them, when they say all the things they did, because it says they'll say, I did this in your name, I did that in your name, blah, 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 blah. And then Jesus is going to say, uh, listen here, I don't know you. And then he gave the reason why. Because of your sin, I don't know you. Because you wouldn't repent. So this is what I'm going to say. That saying, I'm a sinner saved by Christ. Nonsense. Jesus didn't come to save you in your sin. That's a lie. The Bible said he came to save you from your sin. From your sin, don't you understand? You got to come out from among them and be your separate. That's what the Lord spoke to me. If the Lord's going to speak to a man that claimed to, and I didn't claim, I'm going to tell you why I worked it. Okay? Y'all understand? Uh, I was a gay man all the way to town. Okay? Now, there's some things I didn't do, but I'm just saying. Don't, don't, don't tell me. Listen, if God is going, I'm saying that for a reason. If, a, if, if God is going to call somebody out like me and say, look, get up. Get out of there. I'm calling you out. Go and preach my word and tell people what I said and come out from among them and be your separate, saith the Lord, and live right and holy. You think if God going to tell me that, he's not going to tell you that too? Come on. That's not true. That's not true. God's going to call everybody to come out from among them and be separate. You can sit there and walk around and say you know Jesus and you, and you serve Jesus, but you're not willing to follow him and listen to him. Amen and hallelujah. So with those things said, don't sit there and listen to the lies around you. Listen, God's word is true. I have studied this Bible up one side and down the other. And I'm going to tell you what, the, this word is true. God's word is true. And you, you have got to get some strength about you and stand on the word of God. Allow God's word to permeate your soul. Get in there and read it. Get in there and pray. Spend some time with God in prayer and spend some time with God in the word. And God will help you out. Amen. So with that said, I am going to say again, I know, I, you know, I'm like a bull in a china shop. I'm trying to do my best not to break too many dishes around the way as I go barreling through like a bull in a china shop. But listen, I won't say this. I'm saying these things. I'm not mad at y'all. I'm not angry with people. Well, I am angry with some folks because what I don't like, you know, it just frustrates the daylights out of me. I remember years ago in... in I remember hearing people in the gay community when I when I was there and how that oh we just we just want our rights. We just want equal rights. And then you got equal rights and then all of a sudden for whatever reason the tra train jumped the tracks and just starts barreling right through and just ripping everything apart. It's like okay, well you got what you came for, but now what? Cuz this is a nightmare we're dealing with. This is a mess that we're dealing with. Because people are literally saying, oh, no, no, God didn't get it right. Uh -uh. Male and female, no, that's not correct. There's many, many genders. God's wrong. That's, that's the lie that's being purported. 
And, and people, even churches, that's what makes me angry, is that Satan is literally getting a hold of people that claim to be a church and claim to follow Jesus Christ, and, and they're, they're sucking it up, you know? They're like sucking it up like, like, like candy or something, you know, like just, you know? I mean, it's crazy. But God, you hear what I'm saying? But God, hallelujah, the Almighty, He can put the power of the Holy Ghost down in your soul. I know He can. And He can deliver you from whatever you got going on. Yes, He can. You say, well, you, still, you say you're still same-sex attracted. I am. But I'll tell you what, I don't live like a whore I did. Because I'm going to tell you what, you talk about a whore. Whoremonger? I know what I lived. I know how I lived. That's the reason why I said to the Lord, Lord, you don't want me. I made a mess. You do not want me. And I ran from the Lord. And finally, God just, you know, he just wouldn't let me go. And I thank him for that. I thank him because he wouldn't let me go. But he said, get up and go preach my word. And, 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 you know, I had already come to this place where I knew I couldn't keep living like that when the Lord finally spoke that to me. I don't mean that I was living in sin when the Lord told me that. In the sense that I was horning around and doing all that kind of thing like I used to. But, you know, and addicted to pornography and all those things. And listen, I, I try to say those things. Look, I do say things very vehemently. God put a fire in my mouth. He put a fire in my soul. And, and I say things very vehemently because I'm trying to reach folks. You know, the Bible says some come by fear and, and, and you got to pull them out of the fire and all that. And sometimes, and that's, that's the way that God has molded me. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to reach, but I want you to know, I do love y'all. I do care about you. I, I want you to know, look, there's help. Uh, now, when I say help, I'm not talking about none of this reparative therapy because I've said it once. I'll say it again. I think that stuff is very dangerous, but, or can be. So, so here's the deal. God's grace is sufficient to get us on through. And as eunuchs, we are given a promise. This, uh, I can see in the word of God that the eunuch was a sexually different of, of that day. Absolutely. They were very different from everybody else sexually. And, 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 and some people say, well, it meant this and it meant that. You know, they'll go, uh, I hear people on the right saying certain things. Listen, no, you got it wrong because uh, so I've heard, literally heard People on the right say, every baby is born heterosexual. Do you know how ridiculous that sounds? And do you know how much it literally lines up with the LBGTQ saying and doing what they're doing? Except you're over on this side. You're on the right side saying things and sexualizing a little baby. That's insane. No baby is born that way. No baby is born anyway. They're innocent. They're pure. That's how they are when they're first born. And you full well know that. And so to say that kind of thing, I understand where they're trying to come from, but Jesus didn't even say that. Even Jesus, he said some are born as a eunuch. Some are born with a, a difference in them than everybody else that has. But they still have to, those that fit that perimeter as a eunuch, they still, because Isaiah 56 makes it very clear, they still have to live holy. They still have to do the things that please God. Amen. Read it. Read Isaiah 56. 
The eunuch still has to do those things that please God. And not only that, but verse 7, the, the house of prayer is for all people because the eunuchs weren't even allowed to go in. You know, neither was the left-handed. And I'm going to make a point about that before I go here. <clears throat> the Lord wouldn't even let the left-handed on in. Now, that's no slam to y'all that's left-handed because I'm actually ambidextrous and I can do certain things with my left hand better than I can with my right hand, but I write with my right hand. Okay? But I'm, I know people, one of my sons, he's, he's left-handed all the way, 100%. I know other people that are left-handed. But in the Old Testament, it's talking about that thing. Now, some people say, oh, that's just so unfair. Ugh. Listen, a lot of things that were written, don't you know that some things were said and then it was explained later on in the church as to what was going on? You see that over and over and over. I mean, even the Apostle Paul, he sit there and say, he say, look, he said, don't you know the Bible talked about uh, you know, not to uh, muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. And, and he said, that scripture was written for us, even though it was in the law. He said, that was written for us. Because he's talking about, he said, does God care for the ox? Well, God care about everything that he made. But his point was, you think that's all that was about? No, no. He said, that relates to us. And so he's going to say, look, those that take the time to literally get in the word and, and form the lessons, and form because it takes work. Listen, all of the things that, just from my experience, okay, and I ain't nobody. I'm just, I'm just somebody trying to do the work of the Lord, but I'm just saying. In my experience with what I've done, the time that it takes for me to put these things together and the time spent in prayer and study of the Word and, 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 and all of the things that are done, not just on the podcast, but the unique preacher ministries that we got, and, 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 and talking to people about the Lord and, and giving Bible studies, this takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. Okay? I don't want to play games with God. I want to get in the Word and I want to be able to do what I'm supposed to do in feeding people and helping them feed them spiritually and help them and guide them along. But it takes work. And he said, should, should the ox be muzzled that treads out the corn? You know, the, the, the ox is basically, it's like the preacher. The preacher's trying to feed you and spread out the Word of God to you and feed your soul with the spiritual food of God. He said, but you shouldn't be muzzling the ox because if you put a muzzle on the ox, he couldn't reach down and eat some of the corn as he worked to tread out the corn. And so he said, don't do that. You know, the law says don't do that. You know, you got to be uh, careful to make sure that you let the ox eat as he treads out the corn. He's not going to eat it all up. But what it was saying is you need to take care of those ministers that are there that are working so hard to put out the Word of God. If you think that a preacher gets up in the pulpit every Sunday and every Wednesday and, oh, they just spend a few little minutes. No, they might have, and then it's a lousy you know, thing that's going on and you don't get much word. But, but I'm saying most, most preachers and pastors, they really have a heart for God. I'm talking about the ones that have a heart for God. I'm not talking about these uh, that are out for money and all this, and there's plenty of those, and we, that's a whole other message. I ain't getting into that. But I have, but I'm not doing it today. But, but listen, there are pastors and preachers and teachers that really, truly love your soul. They really, really do. And they take all this time to study the Word of God to try to get it to you and, and feed you. And so the word of God was saying through the mouth of the Apostle Paul, he said, do you think this scripture was just there just to, because he cared about the ox? He said, no. He said, this was written for us. 
So God even put something in the law that was meant for the church to learn and understand. Look, you're going to take care of those that feed you spiritual food. You're going to, they should be able to reap back your carnal things. That's what the Bible says. Meaning, you know, food and clothing and shelter and that kind of thing. You help take care of them and they, you help take care of their physical needs and they help take care of your spiritual needs. Now, we're not talking about some part-time pastor. Sometimes preachers have to work part-time while they're building their ministry and they have to have another job on top of that and all those things. You know, it takes a lot of work. But once they build up a ministry that is full-time, it's just, you know, and they're they're just constantly moving through and feeding you and counseling with people and, and in all the ministry of, of whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's building a church, a ministry itself, or whatever. They, and, and you see all this work done, then they should reap back is what it was saying. Now, with that said, you got to be careful because some people use it and it's called filthy liquor because some people are going to use it to say, oh, I got me a cash cow over here. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to make me some money. And then you got people, preachers, running around buying $300,000 sports cars and living in 12,000 square foot mansion. Huh? That costs millions upon millions of dollars. I ain't got a problem with the pastor living in a nice house. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I don't even have a problem with the pastor living in a beautiful home in a nice neighborhood. Even if it's a gated neighborhood. That's all right. But when you go from that to living in a mansion with 12 and 13, 14, 15,000 square feet, and we got that going on right here in Houston, and you're driving around. You spin it with. Don't tell me you sold no books. Uh-uh. Because -uh, we know what the books are about, don't we? But don't tell me it don't have anything to do with the ministry. And then you're going to sit there and you're going to drive around in your $300,000 sports car and you got you got people that are struggling. No, it's all right for you to have a nice car. I ain't got a problem with that. But you ain't got no business as a preacher said, I don't care where you got your money from. Do you know one of the ministers, uh, he was questioned. I don't even want to call him a minister. but And he claimed to be Pentecostal. That's what irritates the daylights out of me. And and he claimed there was a reporter come at him because of certain things. You know, he, he wanted to buy a new airplane. Uh, I'm not talking about any, any just any airplane. Oh, no, he wanted to buy a $60 million airplane. Hmm? Jet, whatever you want to call it. Well, I need it for the million astray. No, you don't. No, you do not. That's nonsense. Get on the plane with a ticket like everybody else. If you want to be in first class, go get a first class. Ain't nothing wrong with that. If you're working yourself to the bone, then that's all fine and well. But anything to suck money out of people, that's not right. That's called filthy liquor. And so I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, you know, here I am again, and I'm, I'm, I'm like a bull, just boom, 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 bang, bang, tearing up the china in the china shop. Oh, Lord, help me. But anyway, and I meant that sincerely. I didn't say that as no curse or, or taking God's name in vain. I mean that when I say that because you got to be careful about taking God's name in vain. That don't, you know, it don't mean just curse words. That means just, you just freely use the name of God and you don't even you don't even mean what you're saying you can't do that anyway well I've said enough I need to be quiet now and get on and let y'all enjoy your Father's Day weekend so with that said I'm going to say this all you fathers enjoy your you know weekend and and if you got to start new come on get up step up to the plate come on be a man 
Step up to the plate and be a dad to somebody. Be a mentor to somebody. Be, you know, show some care and concern. Maybe, maybe you can mend some broken fences and, and reach out to your grandchildren. Do something. Try, you know, you say, well, I, I don't know what else to do, and they don't want to have nothing to do. Then if they don't want to have nothing to do, then ask God where he wants to lead you to, to do. And do it right and faithful. Don't do a bunch of unholy stuff. Right, we got enough of that nonsense going on in the world. You know, if you're going to claim to be a Christian, don't sit there and be doing some ungodly, wicked stuff with kids. Don't do that. Because all you're doing is bringing shame to the name of the Lord. My word, help us, Jesus. God, to get a vision of what's right and holy and live holy. Well, I've said enough, y'all. So I'm going to end this in prayer, and I really mean this. I'm hoping y'all have a good weekend. We plan on going to the beach. I'm hoping that uh, we're able to get over there and enjoy uh, some time on the beach. Just love going to the beach. Going to take the dog and take, I always take my Bible and sit there and, and read the Bible while I'm watching the waves and, and all of that. And I just really enjoy myself. Uh, but anyway, y'all y'all have a good um, weekend. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And so with that said, let's, let's go to the Father. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth. We thank you, God, that you've provided for us. Because you're a good daddy. You really are. You're a good father. And Lord, we've not always been good children. And so, Lord, I just ask you, Lord, to help each of the fathers this weekend. Each of those, maybe some that's just made a mess out of things. Lord, forgive them. If they ask forgiveness, I pray that you would forgive them and that you would help them. Not just forgiving them, but help them. Help them to be guided to what they need to do that you're going to lead them to do. And, Lord, I just thank you that you've been a father to me all my life. Even though my daddy was gone before I was five, you've been a good dad to me. You've been a good father to me. And I thank you because you were merciful and you were patient and long-suffering to me and for me. And I, I didn't deserve it, Lord. I didn't deserve it. But, Lord, there's so many of us. None of us deserve it. We've all come short of the glory of God because of our sin. So, Lord, forgive those that come to you and plead for your mercy and ask for your forgiveness. Please hear them and answer their call, their cry to you. Answer them, Lord. Lighten their load. Put peace down in their soul and their joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. That only you can give. And that's why it's called joy unspeakable. Because <laughs> only you, Lord, can give that kind of joy. Hallelujah. So, Lord, bless this weekend. God, keep your hand upon those that are going to be traveling. And those that serve you, that live for you, that walk with you. Let them be a light to you this weekend. A light of the true Father in heaven. Lord, let us turn from the lies of this world. Let us not get bound up with the lies that have come at us. Lord, there's so many things that are being twisted and people are turning your word upside down and trying to just literally rip it apart. God, let us get a mind to love the word and care about it and caress it to our heart and just love it and adore it. Because you've given it to us. You've provided it to us for all the things that we need to know. Lord, Peter wrote to us and said that you've given us everything for life and godliness. Everything. Because you're a good father. And so we give you praise, Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. I'm out.